Lone Tales at WrestleMania is going to be a happening because you, you won't have 10, 11, I don't care the football players out on the field to help you out. At WrestleMania, it's going to be my world in the 20 by 20 ring. You're a loser and a punk jerk. You know, Bam Bam Darcy, he's a big guy, he's a gifted athlete, but I'm not going to let any Easter egg disrespect me. I'm a man, I believe in having fun, having a good time, and respecting people. What he did at that match up in the speedy delivery warehouse in St. Cloud, Minnesota, ain't going to happen again. I'm going in like a bunch of crazed dogs at WrestleMania, and I'm going there to have some fun. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Mastery, Minnesota, you download main event status radio with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210, and the Dirty Dog We're on a TWA to the promised land. Every woman, child, and man gets a Cadillac and a great big diamond ring. Don't you know you're listening to Main Event Status Radio with the Dirty Dog and Mr. Beverly Hills, the greatest broadcast partner any dog can ask for. How's it going, Mr. Thrills? It's going great, buddy. It's time to take out the trash. So that was my rendition of B.B. King and Eric Clapton's Riding with the King. Wow. Gosh, you just, your your tastes in music are as eclectic as, you know, anybody I know. It makes me happy. What can I say? I like to ride with fellow Eric's, and I like to ride with the King. You got it, brother. Just saying. So we are... On the 29th episode of Main Event Status Radio, covering the 101st episode of Monday Night Raw from Monday, March 6th, 1995, taped on February 20th, as usual, from Macon Coliseum in Macon, Georgia. Yeah, we're back in Macon, man. Making it happen. And this is the last stop in Macon, Georgia, before we move on to the next town for a couple of tapings. Oh, man. Wah, wah. I've been yeah. having fun in Macon. It's a good crowd. And I'm so sad what, that we're... What's your thoughts? I think I think they've been a good crowd. <clears throat> I was going to say, with at least what we'd be reviewing tonight, I enjoyed the crowd. Yeah, I, th- I thought all of the making shows have been good stuff. I feel like the crowd is like a bunch of me that are alive. You know, they're excited <laughs> to see the bigger name guys and the jobber matches. They just don't care. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like yeah, but me. Even, but even then, it kind of seems like they're willing to get into the the like whatever known parts of the um of the the jobber matches. Makes sense, yeah. So according to Maruku, <laughs> for this raw, it claims Shawn Michaels and his bodyguard continue to cause trouble in the WWE. Plus, Bob Backlund, British Bulldog, and many more in action. I don't know who else will be in action, but I guess many more. <laughs> many, many more, my brother. So we might as well take a I'm quick excited. 
So we might as well take a quick break before we can catch our breath. And we'll be right back to review Monday Night Raw from March 6th, 1995. Let's get into it. Stand by. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I am the Dirty Dog Stivus here doing another commercial. And I have Dusty Hills with me. You guys were wondering what kind of commercial we're going to talk about this week on the podcast. And I have Dusty Hills here to talk to you guys about his philosophy on time. Oh, hey, baby, Dog Thomas. Oh, God, you asking me all the tough questions. Usually you just tell me, oh, Dusty Hill, just talking about my cars, just talking about my Jeeps. Maybe you're even going to talk about Pepsi, brother. Oh, but today you tell me, talk about the time, you know, the tick-tock, tick-tock, baby. Oh, when I was just a little boy, I look at the clock and I go, oh, it's a hard time, baby. It goes tick-tock, tick-tock. I wait for my daddy to get home home from the oil field, baby. But then when I get older, I look at the TikTok, TikTok, it means more money for the, the whatever my name is, Dusty Hills. That's who I am, brother. And I, you know, that's the hard time. Then that's the time that I talk about, baby. It's hard times. And I'm going to give you some hard times, brother. And so my closing about the time, brother, is come take your time down to the dog Samus's parking lot, brother. Get him a car. Get him a Jeep. You can spend your time in luxury, baby. And we're back here on Main Event Status Radio after Mr. Beverly Hills and I had a brawl. Defending one another <laughs> as usual. How's it going, Mr. Hills? I'm do I'm doing lovely. Let's get into this, man. So the show opens up with the video package from the uh, uh from Bam Bam and LT from last week. Then we see some highlights from the press conference that happened at the night after Raw last week. Yep, some, just a little bit because they're going to get into it later. They said there was some highlights from LT and Diesel. Then Mr. McMahon welcomes us, saying that Shawn Michaels would take or events tells us that Shawn Michaels would take on the British Bulldog on Raw. Then we get the classic intro and the new video and all that. Yeah. Yes, as I wrote, like, the the new version of the classic intro. Yes. <laughs> I do like the video package a lot better than the original, like what you said last week. You can actually yes, see good. the guys and not just the shadows. <laughs> yes. Then Pyro goes over the rain, which is unique, and I really like it. Yeah. Then... You know, then we get, after Vince and Cornette introduces us to the show, we got Michaels and Sid coming out. Um, Sid in an interesting outfit, um, going with the old cowboy boots, stonewash jean, that's it combination. I wonder if he influenced Triple H. I don't know. I would say, you know, his... You know, uh, th- that combo, the the cowboy boots, stonewash jean, that's it, uh, outfit, or as I like to call it, Tuesday. <laughs> well, yeah. I I referenced Triple H because if I remember correctly from the, when we did the month of first back in October, on the first SmackDown, Triple H came out in just his boots and his jeans and the belt, and that's it. Right. So that's what I was wondering. And I did a little bit of dirty research, Beverly Hills. Okay. I figured out at this particular Monday Night Raw from March 6th, 
1995, Shawn Michaels is roughly the same age as we are now. Oh, okay. I just felt like that was weird doing the fact that I cannot see myself in the WWF or now WWE heading up to leading up to WrestleMania as one half of the main event. Yeah, right? He's, he's done a lot in his time in um, professional wrestling, especially if you look back, you know, where he was in 92 when the big singles turn happened. Um, in those three years, he's really progressed, uh, really, you know, got shot up the card. And it seemed like the fans popped greatly when they heard the British Bulldogs theme song when he came out. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in a rough time here in, in 95, right, as it comes to stars. Um, and British Bulldog is one of the definitely one of the top ones. And right. oh, off and on, I'll pro- mention it later too, but when the Bulldog <laughs> came out, McMahon claimed that the Bulldog is a rightful winner of the Royal Rumble. That was yeah. starting to piss me off. And well, it was so it was so random, right? Because like Cornette is truthfully saying that like Bulldog needs to kind of get over it, and then Vince is like, "He was robbed. He was robbed. No, he wasn't." Well, yeah, because in that paragraph with that note, yeah, yeah, McMahon claims that yeah that Bulldog was robbed and all that, and Corny explained it rightly that Michaels never was never eliminated, and McMahon kept on saying that yeah. Bulldog was robbed, and that just pissed me off. Yeah, it was so strange. Like, yeah, like you said, how was he robbed? Yeah, just because his music started playing, that's not anybody's fault. That's not his fault, but it's also not Michael's fault, so... That is true, <laughs> and the bell never rang when his theme song started to play, so he should be paying attention to the bell outside the Yeah, ring. listen for the bell, man. Don't listen for the... But yeah, then, so we might as well start out the match, and I'll talk about that later on in the match. Okay, so you want me to start out? Sure. Well, I was going to say, my first... Why? My first note was pretty fast paced at the start, and yep. Michael sold the inverted atomic drop greatly. Okay, yeah. Bulldog started off hot. He sent uh, Michaels, did a flare flip over the corner and then to the outside, where Sid uh, rubs him down a little bit, gets him all hot and bothered, ready to go back in. And um, during that time, Beverly Hills, when he was outside talking to Psycho Sid and Sid was rubbing him down. I had to grab my main event status, mellow yellow. Oh, because you were getting hot and bothered too, so you need to cool it down a little bit. I had to mellow myself out a little bit, Mr. Beverly Hills. (laughs) Okay, so um, after Michaels got in, Bulldog hit him with a couple of good-looking arm drags and another big clothesline that sent him over the top. He (laughs) He goes and gets rubbed down a little more. And then um, as he comes back, so that was a quick um, opening couple minutes, and I really liked it a lot. Um, Then we got to the middle where Bulldog first slowed it down with a side headlock um, on the mat. Kind of a cool, uh, cool portion. I've seen this before, but I liked it when Michaels would try to get up in the arm bar 
or sorry, in the headlock and Bulldog would hold on to it, like go with him and then bring him back down into the side headlock. That was cool. As I said, we don't see that that often, but just a few matches that I can remember seeing Bulldog and Michaels, they, they've always had great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Okay, so um, after Michaels does get out of that, he gets an arm bar, and I thought that I think they, they called really... it a short arm scissors in the match. Whatever. Hey, so I I'm sorry, but I had to call the moves, Mr. Thrills. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so um, as he's got him in the uh, longhand paper puncher, <laughs> um, I did like how they were running that, though, because they're, they're kind of presenting it like Michaels has it technically correct but since bulldog is so strong he can like power out of it so in some points of it he lifts michaels up with his arm and then eventually he gets out of it by lifting him up and kind of slamming him down which i thought was a cool um cool way to play that that was to see uh, how the fans pop for the power of the bulldog which yeah they was did. pretty impressive because especially picking him up with one pretty much one arm yeah, electric mm, uh, cool. chair, yeah, electric chair dropping style. You know, dropping them down to count, counter the move. Yeah, I like that. Um, Very impressive by the bulldog, which is one. You know, we kind of talked about at the rumble too, but I, I very enjoy matches like like this. You know, bulldog with the power and all that against the speed and the technique, the technicality ability, the technical ability by Shawn Michaels and how how they clash it and bring it together. Right. Right, right. Um, yeah, so then Bulldog kind of, I don't know, I don't like this move, the surfboard. surfboard, <laughs> yeah. I'm not not a big fan of the surfboard, but Bulldog locks him into the surfboard. Um, yeah, a little bit more back and forth. A cool point came when uh, Bulldog dumped Boy, Michaels to the, the outside and Sid caught him. Yes. So it leads me to a question. Yeah. If I were ever dumped to the outside, would you catch me? I would at least try to catch you, Beverly Hills. If not, I will help. <laughs> you think I'm so big you want to catch me, babe? At least I would try to break your fall, Mr. Hills. <laughs> I'm so sad. You don't need to cry. Crying. You don't need to cry, Mr. Hills. <laughs> um... So, so then after I, they they replayed that spot too, they must have thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, it was pretty impressive and all that. <laughs> um, da, da, da. Bulldog did hit Michaels with a really cool delayed uh, vertical suplex in the kind of middle of the match. There always a spot uh, that I enjoy. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Well, it always shows. Uh, Shows the the strength of whoever is doing because that's pure strength. You can't really help anybody if you're in a delayed suplex like that. Um, then, let's see where am I? Bulldog got thrown outside. Kind of held his knee for a little bit. He gets back in and Michaels works some holds here. He has a headlock for a little bit. Um, he goes up, tries a an elbow drop. For, for no dice there and then kind of another cool spot 
where Michaels has a sleeper on Bulldog and then Sid is pulling the ropes away so he yes. can't get to him. You know, I like I I thought the use of Sid was really good in this match. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it and all that because yeah, like you said with the the backdrop over the top rope and Sid catching Michaels and yeah, the the sleep hold spot with with Sid grabbing the top rope behind the referee's back was very clever and all that. That's one thing I I enjoy having a taller bodyguard like Sid for a smaller guy like Shawn Michaels to help. It kind of helped with the heel tactics and breaking the rules behind the referee's back. You know, and I thought it was like just enough. You know, you get some, sometimes interference can just be too much if they're always, sorry, always on either interfering or attacking or whatever. But this one, you know, the only spots we got were the catch spot, the pulling the rope spot, and then one attack on the outside, which I think was perfect in like a 15-minute match, you know, and just it can get to be overkill. I thought this was the perfect amount where like we knew Sid was there, you know, they you know they made it so that he was present, but it wasn't so much where it was like, oh god, more interference, blah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, they like you said, they played it but they didn't overdo it, which is I guess something nowadays in pro wrestling they they, they do too much of. You know, it well it can be always. It's it's one of those things where just uh, you just need to know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like you said that. I mean, um, that's all. That's all through history. Sometimes you get uh, managers who are interfering way too much. Sometimes it's like, oh, they were there. <laughs> this was. Well, yeah, I'm happy that Sid didn't interfere too much to take away from the match. Because yeah, like you said, I felt like he the little bit that he did, he added to the match. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's always what you want, right? Is yes. you don't you just don't want it to take away. So Sid did something positive for once. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is maybe where he should have been. Some, you know, some big guys just aren't meant to be main eventers. Like maybe Sid should have just been a bodyguard, occasional wrestler type. I don't know. Fair enough, Al. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. So, um. Yeah, Bulldog fought out of this one with a cool back suplex, another nice one there. Um, They went to commercial, and as they're coming back, Bulldog is sprinting around. (laughs) They get into a double knockdown (laughs) spot. And then then it really gets fast-paced, and this is when I wrote, okay, now it's getting good, (laughs) because that middle portion for me kind of drug a little bit. Um, Fair enough. Like you said, you know, at first fast-paced, then they slowed it down in the middle. Then they started to pick it back up towards the finish. Right. But yeah, then yeah, then Bulldog uh, puts his own sleep hold on HBK, and HBK countered it by running backwards in the in the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So he sent Michaels into a couple different corners there. Uh, Bulldog did get a near fall, but then he got thrown outside, and that's when Sid did get. The one time he got physical, which is when he threw him into the post here. Um, you know, and then they go back into the ring. Michaels tries for a roll-up, uh, but he only gets a two-count. But then as they both roll out of that, hits him with a really kind of cool-looking flash sweet chin music for the three. 
So the winner is Shawn Michaels. And Mr. Beverly Hills, before I ready this ma- rate this match, I want to get your rating and your opinion okay. overall of the match. Okay, well, first I wanted to say that that final, like that finish with the sweet shit music out of nowhere, I like that, and I almost like that better than the tuning up the band finish. Like, I get that that's a way when he's a face that, like, people really can cheer along with it or whatever, but I think the super kick out of nowhere looks way, way, way better. Um, but regardless, I rated this three stars. I thought that the main, you know, the 10 minutes in the middle were not particularly good. The first two minutes and the last two minutes were great, but... That's it for me. If, I would have gone lower, but that last segment was good. If I rated the Intercontinental and WWF title matches at the Rumble, what I did, I had to rate this match four and one eighth stars. Woof. Sorry, I didn't mean to woof, but <laughs> I don't know if I'd go I can. Far well, far. I can tell that that yeah, like you mentioned, that the middle of the match brought it down for you. Were to me. It, brought it up. I felt like this was the one of the better, if not the best TV match that we've seen so far in this series and so far the, so far on the history of Main Event Status Radio. That, yeah, uh, and all I don't want to see I don't want to see all my ratings piled up together because I feel like I've gone way high on some. Fair. I feel like there's a I feel like there's a doink match somewhere that I rated like three and three quarter stars and that's way too high. Yeah. <laughs> But it, but I felt like this match was just as good as the Intercontinental title match and the WWF title match from the Rumble. Yep. So that's, you know, because I rated, I think I rated those two matches four stars. So I was thinking, okay, if I rated those two matches four stars, where am I going to base this match on? And obviously I'm more biased towards Shawn Michaels since I grew up with, you know, grew up having him as my favorite professional wrestler. So, but before we go further, Mr. Hills, I called into Wrestling Observer Live this past Sunday on March 1st. Oh, did you really? And I talked cool, to, what did you talk about? I talked to Mike Sempervivi and Brian Alvarez about Psycho Sid as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Okay. And I wanted to ask them about if there's any reason besides the obvious why Sid was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, because I found it a little What's odd. the obvious? Oh, you said besides the obvious, what's the obvious? I'll, I'll get to that. that oh, okay, I found, got it. I found it odd that Sid was Michaels' bodyguard since Sid, you know, Sid, wrestled, or Sid made a event to WrestleMania 8 just a few years before. Okay. And the answer, what they gave me, was the obvious, that McMahon loves his big, tall guys, and Sid was the big, tall guy. And they To t- me, that's a terrible answer. <laughs> yeah. But they they, they want- gave you, like, no thought. They they're just like oh he's big that's an awful answer they didn't listen to your question and they I'm also, disappointed and they said that they teamed sit up for the obvious breakup and have him feud later on which happened so that's pretty much what they said was why they teamed sit up with Sean disappointed in their answer yes I am too Mister Beverly Hills. Sorry. And before we go further, during this match, I noted, I guess, and noticed, and noted, Jim Cornette's color, the, the jacket, uh, I'm so worked up, I, I'm 
stumbling over my tongue. I noticed Jim Cornette's jacket for this taping. Mustard yellow jacket. <laughs> Big time, man. Big time. We want to talk Easter eggs. That was almost like an egg color. When I saw that, <laughs> I thought of our text exchange about The Undertaker a few years back. Oh, gosh, classic. Expl- that we already yes. explained. Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, then Michaels rolls out of the ring and uh, Sid raises Michaels' arm. And you can tell that Michaels is spent from the match and all that. And then McMahon, like I said at the start of the match, McMahon claims that Bulldog was robbed out of the match. Which, yeah, what the hell? That doesn't even make sense. Which, yeah, I don't... He yeah, was not robbed out of either. And, and how he wasn't robbed out of the finish. So I don't know how he, you know, he got all pissed off about that. Right. And I know we kind of talked about this before, but what's your thoughts on... Michaels versus Bulldog picking up pretty much half the length of Raw. Um, it's cool. I mean, like, I don't know if I'd always like to see one match being a large portion, but if it's good, I don't care. I mean, like, that's cool. I, I, it feels like we're in kind of a transitionary period with Raw where we're going to see more of these kind of longer matches. Also, I've heard this, and this would make sense, that on that third Raw, or however many, when they would do these long tapings, they'd sometimes throw out a match just like, oh, go 20 minutes, we can't think of anything more else to do. <laughs> Fair enough. And the, So that might be if the, a case there. If that was the case in this match, I feel like they picked two guys to who could yes. keep the crowd interested during parts of their match. Sure, and you got the added wrinkle of sit on the outside, which I thought worked as well. And what also works as well, Mr. Beverly Hills, is that Ra goes to a commercial break. We might as well take a break, too, for we can catch our breath. Toddster. So we'll be right back here on Main Event Status Radio. I know what you want to know. You're always asking yourself, how can I talk to the Main Event Status crew? How can I listen to the show outside of how I'm obviously listening to it right now. Well, here you go. I'm going to kick it to the dirty dog, and he's going to let you know how to do that. You guys can listen to us on iTunes. Search us out in the podcast feed, Main Event Status Radio. Subscribe to us there. And once we edit the show and post-production and all that, you'll get it on your iTunes. You guys can put it on your, feed, on your MP3 iTunes, Apple feed, Player, whatever you have, iPad, iTunes iPod, iPhone, whatever. Subscribe to us on, on, on iTunes. You guys can listen to us on minivanstatus.com, soundcloud.com slash radio. You guys can listen or you guys can interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio, or on Twitter. I am at DirtyDogMES. You can get me while I'm chilling on, down on Sunset in La Brea at Beverly Hills, M-E-S. Talk at me. Now let's get back to the show. Do you need a little bit of excitement? Snap into a Slim Jim. That's what Bam Bam Bigot tells us. And we're back <laughs> here on Mid-Event Status Radio. Right on, buddy. My, my plug was was worse than Bam Bam's plug for Slim, for Slim James. Need a little excitement. Snap into a Slim James. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's later. 
And Corey, that's, that's the voice of somebody later. And Corey puts this over or puts over that Sid is nothing but trouble. And he mentioned that two weeks ago on Raw, Sid made his debut, which you guys can go back and listen to our podcast about that. Yep. Then Vince McMahon sends it to Todd Pentangale, who covers the WrestleMania 11 press conference from the Tuesday before. Beverly Hills, you are the Todd Pentangale to my Vince McMahon. Yes, sir. You want me to take over on the press conference here? Because we were talking about it a little bit before recording, and I feel like you, you, have, you would have better notes than what I took. Okay. All right. So, so we got. Let's make this a happening. We got it, brother. So we got media outlets from everywhere. Todd lists like everything possible. We got AS, ABC, CBS, ESPN, and then a bunch of like things that I don't even know if are real. It's like the ASPCA, the the PGA. I don't even know. So first up was Diesel, who talked about um, the long-term storyline between him and uh, Shawn Michaels in a very, very monotone way. He's like, two years ago, he brought me in as his bodyguard, and then you all saw last year, I won the Intercontinental Champion. (laughs) It didn't seem like he just woke up from a nap or something. (laughs) And then he finished it off with a very convincing... I'm the happiest man on earth. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, God, you really seem like it. Because <laughs> he did say that he is living the American dream. Yeah. And I guess back in 1995, my American dream was becoming the WWF champions and made event in WrestleMania. So I guess Diesel was right back in 1995. I'm the happiest man on earth. And then we got HBK who really picks it up. Thanks, what I boy. do is go out there, thrill people, and excite people. And he goes, Diesel, you better fill both gas tanks because I'm going to go out there with fires burning and you need to be ready because I'm going to put on a show because I can. (laughs) Which I thought that was way better. I summed up what Michael said, pretty much like what you put it, that Michael wants to put on the best match of the night at WrestleMania 11 and there would be no exception. Yeah, which I which I really enjoy having you know the two I guess cl- interview clashes with Diesel and Sean that Sean put over the match where Diesel not so much. <laughs> I'm the happiest man on earth. <laughs> then we get Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, Bam Bam's Bam Bam's up next. No football player can step into my world. My world, the rest ring you don't have 10 other players to help you out you're coming into my world let's tell her and then we got and everybody else was sitting at the podium at this time and then lt gets his own introduction where if you want to listen to what lt said go back to the intro because i said it uh bam bam's a big guy and a gifted athlete i'm not gonna let any easter egg disrespect me now here's the question to you We've said before, we've we've compared people to eggs on yes. this podcast before. Yes, we have. Do you think that LT was referring to Bam Bam as an egg for his body shape or for his, like, tattoos on his head? I feel like Lord Taylor 
was referred to Batman as an Easter egg because he's a modern day time traveler. What? I think LT. That doesn't even make sense. Back what? in 1995, time traveler. LT back in 1995 flew to 2015, listened to Minivan Status Radio, what? heard us call different superstars Easter eggs. So we went back to 1995 and called Bam Bam Bigelow an Easter egg. And just okay, all right, man. So then, uh, <laughs> but to uh, sir, answer your question, I assume it's because his body shape was more like an Easter egg. <laughs> all right, so then they shake hands, Bam Bam and LT do, and uh, LT kisses him on the cheek, <laughs> which I always think is a funny press conference. Yes. Uh, deal as a person who's watched a lot of press conferences like for UFC and stuff and weigh-ins and that that was funny I I um, noted that LT ended the press conference as a heel <laughs> no I don't know I think the kiss is a is a face move fair enough but I didn't know it was a kiss of death <laughs> right on so then the Toddster tells us all of the quote-unquote awesome celebrities that are going to be at at WrestleMania. So as we go on, I need you, Dirty Dog Darcy, to tell me how many of these awesome celebrities you know of. And you can't say that I saw them on WrestleMania 11 okay. as your reference to them. Okay. okay, here we go. Pamela Anderson. I remember her because my brothers had the hots for her back in 1995. Uh, Nicholas Turturro. Nope. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes, because of the crap. And now I can't think of the TV show with Tim Allen. Home Improvement. Yes. Home Improvement. Home Improvement was a great TV show that the the Darcy household loved to watch back in 1995. I agree. I agree. I like that show as well. Jennifer McCarthy. Daddy Sunshine also had the hots for Jenny McCarthy <laughs> back in the day. I feel like we need like a 1995 correspondence segment with Daddy Sunshine. Because <laughs> it's usually he was like all about all the 95 pop culture. I love it. Okay. I, I can see what I can do for next week, Mr. Hills. And lastly, to sing America the Beautiful, alternative band Fishbone. I have no stinking clue who Fishbone is. Neither do I. I've heard of, I feel like I've heard of them before, but I have no recollection of Fishbone. And I want, are they on this show? Like, or is this one where they end up not being there? I I don't know, but I don't, well, it's been a while since I watched Trust Me 11. But a few times I have watched Trust Me 11, I don't remember them being, at least I don't remember if they being put on the DVD or the VHS copy of WrestleMania 11. Huh. Okay, so I just looked up Fishbone. 1995, right? This is when the Royal Rumble, or when the WrestleMania is. They formed in 1979. Holy crap. They didn't look that old. I guess, as usual for Fishbones, I will throw Fishbone out with the trash. 
because you're like an old cartoon. I feel like if, whenever, like in cartoons, they would like dump out a, a garbage can, there'd be like a fish carcass in it. Yes. I don't know. I like to give <laughs> Mother D's cat a dead fish. <laughs> Mother D. Mother D. Mother. There ain't no other. Then Todd puts over the dumpster that will face later on in the night Stephen Dunn. Yep. And we will see Bob Backlund next. Yeah, you know, we got, and then we got like a kind of promo dealy of Bob Backlund doing jumping jacks and saying big words, including prognosticate and plebeian. Okay, because I noted that, yeah, we see Mr. Backlund doing jumping jacks, and Todd asked him if we, if he could get a word from him, and Mr. Backlund turned around, screamed something outrageous. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. He did scream. Now, okay, we're, you know, we, we've been talking Bam Bam and LT about, like, the face heel dynamics. I get that he's saying big words, but don't you think that Bob kind of came across as a good guy in this little promo? Kind of, kind of, he, he, kind of. Yeah, he didn't seem like a heel when you know, when he screamed something outrageous. Right. Well, and he didn't even seem like crazy or anything. Like he just seemed kind of wacky. But then, like during the match coming up here, like they announced that he's in this I Quit match with Bret Hart, and I'm like, whoa, that doesn't even make sense at all. Yeah, because we we ha- haven't seen nothing on. Monday Night Raw so far about those two. You're right. I mean, they have a history, but it we've gotten like no um, kind of build up for it, especially for such a big match. Yeah, yeah, such a big match. Yeah, because to me that didn't make sense. But honestly, we've been doing stuff on superstars or actions on which we haven't been watching. Also been doing sure, stuff but there. Still. But yeah, they should be always doing. Should if they were planning on having this match, they should be out showing some highlights on Raw for week and be halfway kept up with the storylines. Right. Yeah, I don't think you should have to watch every show to know what's happening. Yes. Then uh, after uh, Todd talked to Backlund, we see some fan fest thing that got plugged in. All I didn't catch it. Then we get our next match with which is with Mr. Backlund against Main Event status favorite, Buck Quarter Main. I'm so excited to see Mr. Quarter Main again. <laughs> right on. I'm and even, Bob is too because he wants to shake his hand. Because I'm even willing to lay down a buck to see Mr. Buck Quarter Main. Bad joke, yes. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> And it seemed okay. like the like two year spot about the uh, Bob wanted to shake his hand. So like the fans started to chant something about it, and like started to piss Bob off. Well, later they start chanting Opie at him. Well, okay, I don't get the get the reference, Mister Hills. Okay, so Opie is a character in the Andy Griffith show. Okay, it's like the kid. I don't get why it's an insult either. Like I really don't. <laughs> Like, it's played by Ron Howard, who played Richie in Happy Days, if you ever watch Happy Days. Okay, okay so, yeah, that's, I I don't know. I, wa- I wanted that to ask, so, so, yeah, I didn't catch it. I know you know more about pop culture than I do. Yeah, I, I just don't get why it's an insult or why someone was like, oh, let's start chanting Opie at Bob Backlund. <laughs> but I think it goes all the way back to, like, the 80s, but okay. whatever. Um, 
so again, like really problematic because we got a hip toss right away by Bob and the crowd to me seemed to love it. Yeah. Like they, you know, they seem to be pretty pumped up. It must uh, be because uh, Owen Hart's fans from Calgary were in the front row again and they were excited to see Mr. Backlund. Actually, that's not a bad explanation. <laughs> um, uh, so during this time, also Jim Cornette was reading down a bunch of football players who were going to come to counteract the million dollar team, um, including Reggie White, Chris Spielman. Mongo McMichael, who I feel like you would know who that is. Yep, put up the four. And Carl Banks. And that would not be um, Carlton Banks, who would be <laughs> Will Smith's um, cousin uh, in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Carl Banks, not Carlton Banks. But I was going to say, I think I may mention this before on the series, but I may have not. But I find it to be odd to see Steve McMichael on, on and at WrestleMania 11. Then a few months later, being on Nitro as one of the color commentators, to me that to me still that that shock, you know, in the fact that he's one of few that can, especially you know, one I I don't know any other sports athletes that can say that they were on at both companies during that time. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, so then here's where the OP chant comes in. And I, I just wrote where this come from. They were loving him like a minute prior. <laughs> and that's what I thought. Um, so then we got like what really looked to me anyway, like a legit punch because he didn't pull it at all from Bob. He just like reared back and punched Buck right in the face. It looked like, Poor Bob. and then he, then he got the chicken wing on. Yeah. And locked her in. Yeah, then uh, didn't let go until Buck Quartermain screamed, I quit, Mr. Backlund, which Cornette, if I remember correctly, was putting over at over the announcer's booth. Yes, yep, yep. So, so the winner is Mr. Backlund, and I ready this match, one half of a star. Okay, I went, I should went, <laughs> I should went a little higher. I went a uh, star and a quarter. I am happy we're back to our regular... <laughs> a regular programming of you rating matches higher than me, Mr. Hills. I love Bob Backlund. What same, can I say? Same here. I feel like it was all right, but whatever. I feel like Mr. Backlund made the most of this match. Then we see a video package between Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler going back to the King of the Ring 1993 pay-per-view and, and how Lawler would insult Brett's family and, and, and all that and claim that he was a racist from Raw a few weeks ago. I guess next week we'll see those two ha- battle in a one-on-one match. Yeah, I, you know, one thing about what is going on now, in 1995 I should say now, is that they seem to be really calling back to long-term storylines uh, pretty well. You know, even though... Diesel was doing it in about the most sleepy manner possible. He called back way back to 93 when he was brought in. Here we have uh, a callback back to some, um, King of the Ring of 1993 as well. So and I really like that because I think it's, sh- you know, I like when, um, you know, even though if they're not intertwined all the time, like you got the the feeling that, Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart hated each other. 
you know, and that they were going to fight whatever possible. So, yeah, which I enjoy because like WWE nowadays doesn't care too much about their history. That right. you know, you know, like I know I, I've been listening to uh, WrestleMania series going over every WrestleMania each week, and I think it's yeah WrestleMania twenty seven that I listened to this past week, and they were talking about uh, the Randy Orton for the CM Punk match and how they were talking about in the build up for that match how Punk referenced to the night I think uh, Night of Champions or something like that where where Orton and Legacy took out Punk which. Cost, took him over to the world title, I think, championship scramble match or something like that, where Chris Jericho won the world title. And all that, and okay. how, how they tied that in with the Punk Orton uh, feud at WrestleMania 27, which I like. And does it's like nowadays in WWE, they really don't tie that in with their current storylines. That if two guys or whatever had a prior history years before, they really don't talk about that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. And I. Yeah, it's so much better when things that happen in the past have a bearing on what's happening now. Then we get our main event match for the night. Steven yeah, Dunn. the main event match. Yeah, well, it was the last match of the night. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not begging on you. I'm begging on the fact that this is what we got at the end of the show. Then we get Steven Dunn with Harvey Wimpleman versus Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Yes, and as I wrote... Uh, dumpster is out to the the soothing tones of a truck backing up. <laughs> I w- I noted that how annoying would it be having dumpsters theme song play much more than five seconds? Awful, just awful. Then we get Jerry the King Lovett on the phone and all that, and that took up most of the match for me and all that. Kind of like how. Roddy Piper called in a few weeks ago after the Royal Rumble and talked during the IRS match. Right. I actually watched this one on mute, so I don't know much about the <laughs> stuff. Okay, I, I uh, note, t- took a few notes. and uh, okay. McMahon is excited to see Lawler face Brett next week, and Lawler questions if Brett would show up next week to face him and says that Brett is gutless. And uh, Lawler's excited to prove a point against Brett next week to, to prove that Brett is racist and all that. And Lawler proved that he's a better wrestler than Brett. And McMahon hands up the hands up on Lawler, and Cornette yells at Vince for that. Okay. So that can let you talk about the match because I really didn't take much other notes than that. Well, you know, it was all it was all Duke, pretty much uh, from beginning to end, just kind of throwing him around, beating on him for for most of the match there, and. Uh, just kind of five minutes to that with him finishing up by going, it's time to take out the trash. And then hitting him with a, what do you call that maneuver? A trash compactor. Over, well, yeah, the trash compactor. Over the shoulder front slam. Something I don't, like, like you know. a, yeah, kind of like the over the shoulder sidewalk slam kind of maneuver. Yeah, whatever. I, don't know. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to explain that maneuver, but I really couldn't put it in words either. Right, and then for some reason we're going to get a post-match angle between Stephen Dunn and Duke the Dumpster Josie here. I don't know if we're trying to set up a feud or something here, but we get... Was Stephen Dunn trying to steal the garbage? <laughs> it seemed like it. And he was going to steal his trash and his trash can, but he gets uh, beaten away here. I think he gets hit with the trash can, too. 
and then finally he he is chased off there. The uh, the dumpster started to pick up his trash and found a hundred dollar bill in the trash, and I wonder where that came from. Yeah, what was the deal there? I wouldn't. Well, I put him in notes. I wonder where that came from in a sarcastic manner, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to tease a million dollar man just throws away a hundred dollar yeah. bills just because he's filthy rich. Yeah, we get. Yeah, I was gonna say, are we gonna get like a um, a feud between Drozzy and the corporation or something? I don't know. But then McMahon says that it pays to pick up the trash, and I assume yeah. that I assume that's probably a, the dumpster's payday for the tapings. Right. So the winner is Duke. <laughs> probably the less than that. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> so Duke the dumpster Drozzy is the winner, and I ready this match. My trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rate it that banana peel that yes. <laughs> Duke found in the trash. So yeah, the McMahon puts over LT versus Bam Bam match at WrestleMania, and and how LT will dominate Bam Bam in that match. Okay, whatever. Then yeah, then we got the post match angle. Then McMahon runs down next week's Raw, where we'll see Lawler and Brett in the hundredth hundredth and second episode of Monday Night Raw. Yes. Then we, then we come back from a commercial break and. This is what we were talking on Skype originally before we started recording, which I absolutely love this commercial. <laughs> so weird. Again, I watched this on mute, so <laughs> you can imagine what weirdness was happening on my end as I was watching this. Some dude was interviewing Paul Bear about The Undertaker. Uh, Nicholas Turturro, okay. big star, awesome celebrity. I didn't catch his face, so that's why I said some Todd dude. As Todd Pettengill would say. As Todd Pettengill would say. Nicholas, what's his name? He interviewed Paul Bear about The Undertaker. Yeah. And, and Paul Bear was <laughs> in a dress. <laughs> Why? Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> the lights go out, come back on, and the dress well, came off of Paul Bear and got onto Mr. Fuji. And Paul Bear was in his normal. What are they implying? And then, yeah, Paul Bear was in his normal getup, his the suit, and all that. Then Paul Bear was just shrieking, oh, yes, and all that, which made me happy. Oh man! Like were they were they implying that like <laughs> that like Mr. Fuji and Paul Bear were like dressing the each other like they got <laughs> naked in the dark? I don't know, Mr. Hills. Oh man, who knows? Then uh, McMahon puts over again. Breakfast lager next week, and Cornet was excited for that too. And then McMahon sends us to highlights from the from this week's Raw and and all that in the press conference. So whatever. Yes. Yep. What's your thoughts on them doing that at end of Raw, Mister Hills? Um, you know, I'm okay with them making callbacks to things that happened earlier, and also to set up things in the future. I'm okay with that. I mean, it gives it kind of to me. Uh, it has like good and bad things. Like if you're presenting that Raw is a live like sporting event it kind of would ruin that illusion. But as a TV show, I think it's a good idea. What are your thoughts? I liked it. I know I, I enjoy, especially at WrestleMania, where they throw it together during the show and all that. Yeah, thing. oh yeah, right on. Which shows me how great of a production team that WWF slash WWE has to do that during, during WrestleMania. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, you know, granted I found it kind of boring, but, you know, if they 
if they do it every week, I'm not going to complain and kind of see what, was, what they thought some of the highlights were from that Raw from that week. So it was all right. Was it going to complain about that? It was nice to see something different for once. Right. So we might as well be might as well take our last and final break for the night, and we'll be back with the jobber, past or present, and our main event set a star. <laughs> you almost did it. <laughs> yes. We'll be right back here on Main Event Status Radio. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. This is Mr. Beverly Hills, and I'm going to use, you know, the internet's dead. The internet's done. I'm using the phone, and I'm using this here podcast, Main Event Status Radio, to launch my career in phone broadcast singing. I'm going to take this phone. The CMAs are here. The AMAs are here. Everybody's here. And they want to hear me sing. <laughs> Ain't I great? And we're back with the thrilling conclusion of Made Event Status Radio. I am Mr. Beverly Hills. I almost said I am Dirty Dog Darcy. <laughs> I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. Yes, he is Mr. Hills. And we are laughing it off because Mr. Hills shotgunned it and started to do the thrilling conclusion line when, when, when we weren't recording. I guess Mr. Hills is just that excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> so, okay. who is your jobber? jobber? Who's your jobber? I, my jobber is the man who just woke up from a 20-hour slumber to tell us, this is the greatest moment of my life. Diesel. <laughs> The worst champion ever. I agree with you on that, but my jobber was jobbed out to the key via telephone, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Because they gave young children, even the young dirty dog puppy, the wrong impression that if I go through the trash, I can find a $100 bill. <laughs> Amazing. I might have to go through the dirt, go through Mama D's trash before I take it out after this podcast to see if, if she randomly threw a hundred dollar bill in the trash, just to see if I'll take it out. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Who's your main eventer? Right. Well, my main eventer, I would assume, is also your main eventer. Just kind of guessing from your comments, but my main eventer is Shawn Michaels. Um, he had a, a great match at the beginning, the best match of the night, and um, he also saved the press conference from my jobber of the night, Diesel. All I have to say but my main event set of star is she thinks he's cute. She knows he's <laughs> sexy. I agree with you about Shawn Michaels because he is my also my main event set of star for putting on the great performance on the you know, earlier in the night. Then the finishing sequence of the match, which I thought was completely awesome, you know, the roll-up small package and the sweet chin music combo out of nowhere. And 
I had to agree with you that, like I was saying earlier too, with the when we covered the press conference, how how if I only saw Diesel's uh, inter, or Diesel segment about you know right. the match for WrestleMania, I wouldn't care about WrestleMania. I wouldn't want to see WrestleMania, but right. because of Shawn Michaels and what his comments are, and with this match that we saw tonight and reviewed, I'm excited to see <laughs> Diesel versus Shawn, just to see what just to see what Shawn will pull out at, at WrestleMania. Yes. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm. I'm excited to see where, how Sean and Sid takes this this storyline to WrestleMania. Agreed. Then we must well do the past to present segment. I have one question for this week, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. But what's your thoughts on the main event match being the opening of Raw than having like some standby matches if t- time permits? I'm cool with it being at the beginning. It, you know, it's one of those things that also kind of gives an element of surprise because you don't know if it's going to go short. You don't know if it's going to be the whole match. You got, you have that element there, and and like when they play, like yeah, there's going to be other stuff. Then it's like okay, well, you know, maybe it'll be ten minutes, maybe it'll be twenty, whatever. So I I like that element. How about you? Yeah, I I like it a lot that. You know, you know, if they talk about other, you know, other matches happening, then yeah, like I said, it foreshadows that this match ain't gonna go the whole the whole show. But I do enjoy, you know, them starting out the that at least the, that show off with the bang, then gets at least for me, it gets me excited to see okay what's gonna happen next. Even though next matches or match might not live up to the first match, but I'm excited to see what will happen next. Sure. Uh huh. I know we talked about. That before with you know standby matches, I think a few weeks ago, but you know I feel like you know it's I enjoy this formula having like it doesn't have to be you know two mid eventers like Bulldog and Michaels. It could be two mid you know mid card guys like Razor and Owen from you know before the Rumble. But I I like I like seeing two guys you know a match that could be the main event you know a match. Start out, uh-huh. start out the night, then, you know, the commentators say, okay, we do have some standby matches depending on how long this match goes. Yes, uh-huh. I, yeah, I like that idea. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, you know, because like I said earlier when we reviewed the match, I felt like this match was probably one of the better, if not the best TV match that we've seen so far in the series, at least in my opinion. Right. So do you Yeah, have- I would agree. I would agree with you. Definitely one of the top Raw matches. Um and better than a lot of the pay-per-view matches. I was going to say, because I was trying to think of other matches that we've seen so far through the, throughout the podcast, and I'm also going to scroll up in my notes. So I, I think a couple of the other uh, TV matches that we've seen, I felt like this match goes up with uh, the Shemichael's Murray match that we reviewed and the Flair Perfect match that we reviewed from both on Raw from, I think, 1993. Yeah. I would say I would say it's right below those two matches, but it was good. Well, yeah, because I don't remember why I rated those two matches. I I pretty sure I probably rated the Flair Perfect match a little higher than a Michaels Marty match, but I feel like those three matches, at least for TV wise, were probably the best matches that we've seen throughout the history of Mid Event Status Radio. And do you have any? Do you have a past and present question, Beverly? I don't. I that's, don't. That's I watched fun. this. I watched this raw early this morning at my mother in law's house. 
So I didn't have much time to do uh, past and present. I apologize. No, I just thought I'll ask. So since it's always fun to do a past or present with Mr. Beverly Hills. You got it, man. What's more fun in this world? Are you excited to see Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler to see if that will be the ending of their, their of their feud? As excited as I, as one person could be. Do you feel like the Bret versus Lawler, Lawler match will be just as good, if not better, than the Sean Bulldog match? No. <laughs> I have to agree with you on that, Mr. Beverly. <laughs> Nothing I can't imagine. I can't imagine a scenario where it would be as good as the match we watched today. Nothing against both guys, especially up at the, this point in 1995. Lawler and Brett are have a hell of a lot more experience in the ring than uh, Sean and Bulldog. But yeah, I agree with you that I cannot see. I cannot see Brett versus Lawler being just as good as Sean and Bulldog that we reviewed. Right. Yeah. So uh, might as well end the sh- end the episode. Do you have any closing comments, Mister Beverly Hills? I don't think I have anything good today. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's might- a new month. It's the di- it's the Dirty Dogs birthday month. Yeah, we it's might- his birthday this week. So happy birthday to the Dirty Dog. Thank you, Mister Beverly Hills. So we might as well end the episode then. We uh, so we might as well end it with our plugs. You can listen to us as usual, at miniventstatus.com or on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash radio, or obviously on iTunes. Search us on in the library. Subscribe to us, and once the episode gets uploaded, you'll download on your iTunes account that you can put on your iPod, iPad, your iPhone, whatever iDevice you have, or <laughs> you can, and all that fun stuff, which is always fun to do. Or you guys can talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Or on Twitter, I am at Dirty Dog MES on the Twitter machine, dog as in D-A-W-G. Mr. Beverly Hills, how can he talk to you on Twitter? At Beverly Hills MES. And for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll catch you guys next time on Made Event Status Radio. Happy Mother's Day.